you're listening to the Whitewater Podcast. First off, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. In Luke chapter 4, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me, empowered me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was led, empowered, guided, anointed by God's Spirit. The Spirit of God is God's empowering presence. In the wilderness journey back in the Old Testament from Egypt to the promised land, God led his people by his spirit. As God empowered and led his people through the desert by his spirit, so God empowers and leads us through our life by his spirit. The same spirit that anointed, empowered, and led Jesus into ministry is the same spirit of God that is given to any of those who follow Jesus. In Luke 4, we again see Jesus was empowered by the Spirit. He opened the the Old Testament up and really spoke prophetically about how the Spirit was anointing him, empowering him to do the work of God, to, to do ministry. And so the story of the continuation of Jesus' ministry happens through the book of Luke and into the book of Acts, where the church begins to take over by the power of the Spirit, Jesus' mission and ministry to the world. All the things Jesus listed of bringing sight to the blind and freedom, helping those who are oppressed and bringing justice, all those things are part of Jesus' ministry. And we see those coming to fruition in the book of Acts through his people. God wants us to be anointed, empowered, filled, and guided by the Holy Spirit. So the question that I think is important for today is how does God's presence, the Holy Spirit, guide us and fill us? My son Wes is a peanut butter guy. He loves peanut butter. He puts it all over his food, and no one else can help him. He wants to apply the peanut butter himself, no matter what the cost, no matter what the disaster, all over everything. (laughs) Now, I'm as American as the next guy. I love peanut butter. But I just don't know that I like getting peanut butter on every object in my house. See, with my son, peanut butter is getting on everything. Tabletops, his ears, his fingers, his hair, my bald head. I turn on the light. I notice my hands are now anointed with peanut butter. When I pick him up, I smell peanut butter. And then he spreads it onto the rest of me or anybody else he hugs. When I hug my wife, Sarah, or my daughter, Novella, sometimes I can smell the peanut butter that Wes has gotten onto them. The boy is anointed in in peanut butter, and everywhere he goes, he leaves smudges of peanut butter. Everything around him is being smothered with that stuff. That's how God wants us to be with the Holy Spirit, immersed, filled, empowered by the Holy Spirit leaving smudges of the Spirit in people's lives. See, being anointed by the Spirit 
or being baptized or smothered or immersed in the Spirit is really allowing God to lead our life and the Spirit of Christ, the goodness of Christ, the character of Christ to begin to really fill our lives. I want to give us three ways that the Holy Spirit leads and fills us. I think it's really, really important. We see at least these three ways as we read through the book of Acts. And here they are. The Spirit opens our eyes, our hearts, and our hands. The Spirit opens our eyes, our hearts, and our hands. Where selfishness and sin closes our eyes, our hearts, and our hands to the things of God. You know, I was teaching Novella, my daughter who's eight, and Wes who's four. I was teaching them how to catch a football because I love football. They always watch, they see me watching football and they want to know how it works. And so we, we play sometimes together. And when I was teaching them how to catch, I remember my, my son, especially when I would go to throw him a ball, would go like this. He'd close his eyes, his hands, and he would be afraid. Like his heart would, would not have courage in that moment. And so I would tell both of them, I would say, hey, open your eyes, watch the ball, open your eyes, open your heart with courage. Don't be afraid of the ball. And then open your hands and you'll catch the ball. You can receive it. This Holy Spirit opens our lives up like that. So let's talk about God opening our eyes through the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about how the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. When the disciples walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus and were blind to the fact that it was Jesus walking with them, in Luke 24, verse 31, there's this realization, this moment that happens, and it says this, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. There's something about the Christian faith that is an eye-opening faith. God doesn't just want to force us to do something, force us to be something. He wants to open our eyes so that we can begin to see spiritually and see like a deeper reality going on around us. We see, we saw that in, in the book of Luke, their eyes are open. And then we see that in many places in the book of Acts as well. But in this section, uh, it says this, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Now, this is in Acts 11, and these leaders have begun preaching to non-Jewish people and uh, people that you wouldn't expect that the Jews at the time didn't expect to, be, to see God at work in. Now, watch what happens. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So there's this huge response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 22 says, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, which is like the Jewish Christian fellowship. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch, where all these Gentiles are starting to find God. It's surprising to them. When, when Barnabas arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done, and he was glad. Now, this is in Acts 11. Barnabas saw the grace of God in other people who were very different than him, who no one expected to see the Spirit of God, you know, like transforming and doing a special work in back in those days, that God was outside of the box, basically. But Barnabas saw the grace of God in others and was happy for them, rejoiced in them, was glad for them. He wasn't jealous. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't competitive. He was glad for them. See, his eyes were open to see the grace of God. There's, there's something that's so important, I think, to faith and realizing that our job isn't to be like grace bringers. Some of you maybe have heard me talk about that, but to see ourselves and we are the ones who are bringing grace. We're the ones who are bringing God. We're the ones who are, are bringing the, the sacred and holy things to this godless world. 
See, if the Holy Spirit is at work in the world like we believe here at Whitewater, then that means our job is primarily to be grace finders. Of course, we bring gifts and special graces that God has given us and maybe insights, but our job is to find where the grace of God is at work like Barnabas did and to confirm it and affirm it and be thankful for it. So I want to encourage you with this prayer. It's a prayer for the opening of our eyes. And maybe you could pray this this week. Holy Spirit, open my eyes and help me see what you see, to see your grace and be filled with joy. Now, the other thing we see the Holy Spirit doing throughout the book of Acts and in the world around us is not only opening eyes, but opening hearts. This is so important. We kept moving with the story of Barnabas. Again, in verse 23, when Barnabas arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with what? All their hearts. He was a good man, and notice what it says, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and his eyes were open, and he was encouraging people heart to heart to have open and true devoted hearts to God. So full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and it says a great number of people were brought to the Lord. You know, early in the book of Acts, Peter has this sermon where he's teaching to people, and he says, hey, Jesus was the Son of God, and we killed him. We put him on a cross. And the response, it says that the people were cut to the heart. There's something where God has to sometimes break through like the hardness of our hearts, the closedness of our hearts. And it's so easy right now to to be hard-hearted and have a closed heart, you know, toward the world, maybe toward uh, friends and family that we're hurt by or upset with. Or maybe we even have a hard heart toward what God has been doing in our life or hasn't been doing in our life. We can get upset with him or we can have maybe a closed heart to what he wants us to do and we are resisting him. We can begin to close our hearts out of self-protection, preservation, fear, rejection, disappointment, sometimes comfort. Everything's comfortable, so I don't want things to change. Where is your heart grown cold, grown closed to the things of God? Is it in faith, things of love, things of hope, things that you're dreaming about? What relationships have you become closed-hearted about? And maybe what areas of, of God's leading your life have you been resistant and closed to in your heart? I want to encourage you to, to take the words of Barnabas to heart, to remain true to the Lord with all of your heart. Be full, be anointed, be led by God's Holy Spirit. Here's a prayer for an open heart. Maybe you could pray this today or sometime this week. God, help me to have an open heart to your Holy Spirit for the things you love and the journey that you are leading me on. Now, the third thing I think is so important is open hands, that, that the Holy Spirit opens our hands, like our gifts, our abilities, to serve. This is the idea of, of loving, giving, and serving. We open our hands. We serve the community um, with what we know and what we can do. Let's look at this, this story in, in Acts chapter 6 that looks at how God opens our, our eyes, our hearts, but then also our hands. Check this out. 
In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic or Greek Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, the Jewish Christians, because their widows, the Greek widows, were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So here in this moment, we see that their eyes are opened to some neglect that's happening within the church, that there's disparity, that there's prejudice happening. Verse 2, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. But brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Notice that would be like full of the spirit and, and wisdom. So they were always trying to empower leaders who showed the signs and marks of being filled with the spirit. They went on to say, we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So notice that they see this complaint or problem, but they, they don't just see it as a, as a problem to dismiss. They see it as, a, as an opportunity to empower ministry and responsibility. And maybe the Spirit's doing something in this need, in this gap. In verse 5, it goes on to say, this proposal pleased the whole group. So they all open their hearts to this idea. They all open their hearts to each other and to what God was doing. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Notice that he's filled with faith and the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, or maybe for some of you like the Lion King, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And if you were to study this a little bit more, you'd find out that all these were like Greek names. So it's really interesting that they chose the Hellenistic Greek Jewish leaders to help with this problem that was affecting Greek widows who weren't getting food. Now, listen to this. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So they allowed, this is so cool, they allowed those who were affected by the, the lack of distribution and, and some of the, the discrimination. They allowed those people to have influence, input, and be part of the decision for who was going to serve them and solve this problem. Now, look at the results of opening their eyes, hearts, and their hands to each other. In verse 7, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So transformation happens. And it's so fascinating that the ministry that addressed hunger and discrimination within the church later in the story of Acts becomes an actual ministry that they do for their community. It spills out into the community. This issue that was going on on the interior of the church was also something that their community ended up struggling with. They helped in times of famine and, and actually created this distribution ministry. Do you know sometimes the the needs and the even the complaints and hurts in a church community, a church family, can be really like the opportunity for launching of ministry. And then when that ministry sometimes is launched around a need, that need also reflects a need in the community, and it can spill out and bless the world. I love that pattern that we see in the book of Acts. I was recently talking with a, with a friend, and one of the observations was in this conversation was, in crisis, sometimes we want to close our hands. We want to kind of turn off the love, the giving, the serving, and do less of it. But it's so interesting in the book of Acts, it teaches us that a Jesus community 
especially when it's in times of crisis or others are going through tension and trial, it's, it's actually that in crisis and challenge is when the Spirit of God is leading us to open our hands and to love more and to give more and to serve more in our world. You know, the church isn't made to be afraid of times like these. The church was made for times like these. I want to give you a prayer for the opening of hands. You can pray this with me. Holy Spirit, open my hands to build, to give, to serve the work that you are calling me to with the best of my ability. So how does God's presence, the Holy Spirit, guide and fill us? Well, we know at least three important ways that we see throughout the book of Acts and the book of Luke. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes, our hearts, and our hands. Would you reflect on these three questions? Where do I see the Holy Spirit at work in my life, church, and community? How is the Holy Spirit opening my heart these days? And how and where can I join the Holy Spirit's work in my world? As we go through threads and aspects of the narrative of the book of Acts, I want to encourage you to follow along with our devotional. And remember this, that this is just where the conversation begins. We learn best in spiritual families. So the people you're sitting with and watching with, or if you have a group that you like to gather with and learn with, dig in to Scripture. Because again, we only have so much time to study together on a, at a time like this. And this is where the learning just begins. So have fun as you study, learn, and grow together. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining one of our home churches, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.